0: Hey this is Cameron Welsh and you're listening to Starkville's House of Bell.
1: The mastermind behind Candor, uh the 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 uh the the true uh, if, if if krypton had had a row on, on on tv this this would be our row uh mr cameron welsh thank you for for being with us today we, we were talking about uh episode 110 the phantom zone and man uh blown away uh mere hours ago after airing that was uh, a fantastic season finale we thought we would talked to you a little bit about where all our characters are left hanging uh at the end of it some of them hanging more dangerously than others
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> going into yeah um going into season two yeah that's right yeah look it's um we were you know going into into um episode 10 as we were sort of putting that together we knew that uh, over the last few episodes, we escalated things, you know, the tension had been building up, the stakes had, had continued to build, there were a lot of reveals, but we wanted to make sure that we, we kept that momentum up into episode 10 and, uh, and we still had a few reveals left. We had a few, a few more secrets in store to kind of unpack. And, and I think what we, what we were sort of trying to do was, was to try and resolve, and pay off a lot of the things that we had set up in the season while simultaneously, you know, setting up, propelling us into a season two as well. So hopefully we, we do that in a way we can kind of satisfy the audience in some ways. Some some questions feel answered while, um, you know, while we sort of paved the way for for season two.
1: I want to start by asking about somebody we only caught a few uh brief glimpses of in the finale and that is adam and i my theory of course we're we're not totally clear my my theory is at the end of uh of uh savage night he jumped into detroit in present day but detroit in present day had already been bottled by brainiac is that a possibility
0: you are 100% correct, sir. Ding, ding. Nice. All right,
1: good for me. <laughs> that's what I was hoping <laughs> <Yeah>. for. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, yeah. yes, it, we, we see that, that everybody is frozen in place there, and Adam happens upon a statue of Zod uh, there in the town, which uh, I know he means, can't mean good things for him, uh, or or Earth uh, at, at that point yeah. in time.
0: Yeah, so I think what that's that's suggesting is there are there are kind of two big i guess takeaways from that moment um the first one you know you you, you've already picked he's very at some point even though we we have seen brainiac enter the phantom zone what we're suggesting is that adam has has the, the you know the the timeline that they're in and that he has traveled back to um, suggests that Brainiac will, at some point, you know, get out of the Phantom Zone, and will continue doing what he does, and will, at some point, target Earth and take the city of Detroit. Um, what, what, and the second piece, I guess, the the second kind of takeaway is that also at at, at some point in the future, uh, General Zod has been true to his word, and he has when he's. Beats at the end of the episode and and delivers that kind of fiery speech to all the to all the citizens in the in the tribunal and he and he talks about um, you know venturing out beyond beyond the system and finding other worlds and colonizing them and and building a, a galactic empire with with Krypton the the centerpiece and the jewel of that of that of that crown um, we we sort of understand that. Earth is one of those planets that will will become colonised. So, um, it's it sort of it's saying that by with, with Superman wiped from existence, uh, Earth becomes vulnerable. Zod is able to colonise it, but not even Zod can eventually can protect it from Brainiac down down the track. So, that's that's one, you know. One timeline that, or possible timeline, and that's that's the one that Adam has landed in, uh, and it you know it doesn't paint a, a pretty picture for, for for Earth's future, and it sort of feels like in some ways there's there's a kind of a cosmic you know balance to all of that. If if the planet Krypton has been saved, if Candle wasn't taken, and uh, if can, now that Candle's been saved, and and you. Know, and, and Krypton itself has been saved. Then, at what's the cost of that? Because it feels like there's always there's always got to be a there's always got to be a, a kind of a cost for those sorts of things. If if, if it's not going to be Krypton, then in this case, it, it appears that it, that it'll be Earth. So, it's um, yeah, it, it's it's gloomy days ahead for Earth.
2: Doesn't doesn't look too good. Doesn't look too good. It also doesn't look too good for for Jaina and Vidar Zod. Um, <laughs> well, is it, is it safe to safe to say that we'll, we'll see, uh, uh, how, how that reunion went for, for the two of them and, and sort of some, some backstory on, uh, on, on Vidar and where he's been all these years.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, I think, um, we, one of my favorite episodes of the season for sure was, um, was episode five and the house of Zod exploring, you know that family and their traditions and what makes them who they are, seeing you know what 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 Jaina was willing to do to become a Zod and and, and to then see her um, make that decision to, to go against all of that in order to save Lyda, to then have Lyda, you know in a similar position to but, but choosing to save her son over over her mother, there's, there was a kind of a uh, you know a poetic justice to all of that and, and a kind of a, a neat symmetry um, that that you know that felt right. So I feel like with Jaina and Vidar in in season two, there's an opportunity there to kind of to, to, to go deeper into all of that and, and keep and keep sort of picking at that old old wound a little bit but and starting to and because I think what what we see with Jaina, in in the first half of the season, I mean, the first time we see her, she stabs uh, a knife through Lyda's hand in a you know um, uh, you know in an effort to kind of to teach her. Uh, it, it's her kind of it's her way of trying to toughen Jane, uh, sorry, Lyda up and trying to help her understand what it means to be a Zod and and what she needs to to do to to survive. Um, but I think throughout the course of the season, she she starts to she really starts to um, reconcile that everything that she's kind of believed in as a Zod, it's, it's really cost her, her family. It's cost her, it cost her Vidar, it cost her Lyda. And so I think when, when we get to that final moment uh, and, and she's obviously she's, she's now met um, Drew Zod And I don't think she's a, a massive fan of him. And so I feel like, you know, she's at a place where she's starting to, Question: was it all worth it and, you know, what's truly more important? And I think it'll be interesting to see what Vidar's B- 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 time outside of all of that, you know, what that's done to him and where where he, you know, where he sort of, what his thoughts are now and, and sort of um, bringing them back together after all of that, I think is, is going to make for a, a really interesting dynamic.
1: When we last saw uh, Darren, uh, his uh skimmer had crashed by the hands of jack sir uh or or, i had no time to catch up with him in episode 10 but uh will we be seeing more of, of darren in season two
0: yes we will i mean i think you know one thing i think what we saw in season one was we saw a lot of change and a lot of growth for a lot of our characters really for most of our characters we saw how much Nissa changed and how much she grew. We saw obviously Seg's growth. You know, we just talked a little bit about um, the Zods, but I guess the, one of the constants throughout the season was Darren and he's man, he's such a weasel and he, (laughs) but, but he's like a, he's a survivor as well. So, you know, we, we saw the way he kind of, um, you know, got himself out of, out of trouble in, in, in that episode, uh, in nine, the way he kind of escaped the clutches of, of Jack Sir. So I think if there's, if there's one thing you can count on with Darren is that he, he is a survivor. And, uh, I mean, I, I, love it. I love seeing, you know, him at his most desperate and, and vulnerable, you know, when he's kind of begging for his life and, you know, spit and snot is flying everywhere uh, you know it's great. He's just so broken down. he's his nose is is you know bloodied up from from Seg, and you know, um, having from where he starts the season, you know, full of full of pomp, like a you know peacocking you know at the tribunal as he's sentencing Val to death and then, you know putting that smug hand on the shoulder of young Seg while they're on the platform um to to then really break that character down uh has been has been really fun um but yeah he he's a survivor all right so um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes to next
1: we've been all season on this show we've been calling house vex you know the the kind of the archetype house luther you know we we see so much of Lex in and and sometimes in Nyssa, but a lot of times in Darren. That sometimes even Elliot's performance reminds me of Gene Hackman in in the Superman films. The way he uh, presents himself as Darren Vax.
0: Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, I hadn't really thought of that, but that's that is that is very true. He he does have that. I mean, you, you know, Elliot's great, and you can see uh, you can see just how much he's enjoying the role, which is I think. You know what makes the Gene Hackman comparison so so spot on because they both they both know that that the character that they're playing and they just lean into it and and have fun with it. So um, yeah, that's 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 a very it's a good observation. I would probably say that I don't know that um, that that Darren is as intelligent as Lex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but he's certainly, um, he's always, you know, a lot of steps ahead of everybody else. And, you know, he, he's kind of, yeah, he, he's, 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 he's has a, a, an ability to kind of manipulate people and, uh, and situations and, and find, find his way out of, you know, talk, talk his way out of anything, um. But, yeah, a great character. The one, the one thing about, about Gene Hackman and, and Lex Luthor that I always found funny was for for the – as intelligent as Lex Luthor is, um, why did he always surround himself with such dummies? You know, <laughs> why were <he's
2: laughs>
0: Wow, these henchmen, such numbskulls. I kind of always found that really funny. But um, Otis, Otis was but doing he, his best.
2: He was doing his best. Was, Are we going to Addis Ababa, Mister <laughs> Luthor?
0: <laughs> I love that. I, I really do love that. It, he he was great. Oh my god! I and have course, to watch that again now.
1: And of course, Nissa. <laughs> uh, how with with her new kind of origins? How how will that propel her story forward? Uh, knowing that she is not uh, not you know Nissa Prime.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's a good question. Um, I, that's a, that's a story I'm really, really interested in, in exploring. It's, um, you know, uh, I, I remember talking to Wallace about that just, um, before that, um, that script came out and I, I, I kind of didn't want to blindside her with it. I, before, before that script i hadn't talked to her um about you know about the reality of her character and and didn't want to kind of um didn't want it to kind of change anything in the way she played the character you know but also once once that once that moment was uh, was about to be revealed i wanted her to hear it from me first rather than just kind of (laughs) read it in script and be unsure what that sort of meant so we we had some great discussions and she was so excited to, to learn that that's where we were going and, and, you know, the opportunity that, that gave her g- going, going forward. I think she's done some beautiful work really um, in this first season. She's, she's a fantastic actor. And um, as I say, in terms of character growth, we've seen Nyssa, um, you know, go from the, the scheming Machiavellian um Archetype and you know, you know, kind of, um, you know, Darren two in a way to um, to then really. I mean, it's, it's funny because as much as Seg, when he went up into the was was set to marry into House Specs and was kind of sent up there and and Nissa was 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 in in some ways meant to be his guide into this new world. It kind of worked the opposite in that Nissa learned more about humanity from, from Seg than, than sort of, than Seg ended up learning about how to, you know, how to kind of survive in the, in the world of the guilds. Um, So we, we saw her develop, she, you know, her compassion. I think she always had humor. Um, You know, she always had a, had a good sense of humor, but she really did develop compassion. And I think there's a, that moment in, in nine, when she has that, that scene with Darren and she talks about wanting to be better. Um, it's it's really moving, and I think that's a moment of of real raw honesty from Nissa. Um, so to then in, in the you know I think it, it's taken her so long but for so for so long I feel like Nissa has felt like she has hasn't hasn't had a lot of free will, and and she's just done what she's been expected to do, and and that is serve serve uh, Darren, her father. And and now just when she sort of reaches a point where she's kind of free of that in a way and ready to start making her own choices and she does choose to go with, you know, to, to go with Seg and to, you know, and she's starting to make those choices, to then find out that she's not at all who she is um, is – it's a it's a big gut punch and we see you know her response in in 10 and you know it's it's a it's a heavy moment um so it remains to be seen really whether that will you know how that will ultimately affect her but um i think it's a great way to get into that story of of obviously of, of clones we we'll get to tell that story through a very you know, in in a very personal and emotional way through through Nyssa, but we get to um, essentially talk about free will uh, because that's the that's kind of the crux of what that that clone story will you know the, the the potential that that story gives us.
2: Go for it, Frank. Let's talk real quick about Jax and and Val. You know, we saw their reunion. This the end of of the season uh, showed us a lot of reunions, uh, and and these two were were no exception. Um, really, really cool, you know, to to see Jax and everything that she had to do with, uh, all, all the, the, the stopping the cloning, making sure that that, that doesn't continue. Um, you know, what, what can we expect from, from these two now that they've been brought back together?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think there's been a lot of time has passed since they last saw each other and, and the, the Jaxer of, of our show is, is somebody, and, and I think is somebody who started out, uh, you know, working in, in the science guild. but her, her drive was about, um, you, you know, curing disease, um, um, preventing disease, uh, maintaining quality of life, um, making, you, you know, she was, she was all about helping people and uh, you know the work and all her research and everything that she everything that she did, to, you know, for that pursuit was then taken from her and and used in in this you know in what she considers considers an abomination. She'd never had anything like uh, like cloning in mind um, when when she set about doing what she did. Um, so, and then where that led her, you know, in terms of of Black Zero and, and leading a terrorist organization who, you know, who dealt in violence and caused, uh, you know, substantial loss of life in in the way that they went about their business. That's a that's a very changed person from you know from the Jacksir that Val once knew. So you know, we only glimpse that that moment of, I, I guess, of them sort of locking eyes and, and seeing each other. But I think what we'll be able to explore in season two is, you know, when Val starts to come to terms with how changed Jack Sir is. And, you know, I don't think that that someone like Jack Sir can become, you know, she, she to, to be the leader of, of Black Zero, she's working, you know, which is a, a A terrorist organization so she would be dealing with people who are you know extreme kind of fundamentalists and you know and probably a bunch of other people who are who just see it as an opportunity to who are just kind of violent people who who use you know black zero as a as a as a kind of a a way to and a place to kind of fuel their rage sort of thing so to to survive amongst that you know, in that group, and then to rise to become their leader, she's made of really strong stuff. And um, yeah, I think I, I, it's just a, a very different Jacksir to the one that Val once knew. And and I think on 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 the other side of the coin, I think the experience the experience of being in the Phantom Zone for so long. And I think this is something something that um, that we've spoken about before. That the Phantom Zone is a is a dangerous and powerful, you know, um, technology. And it it exacts a a heavy toll on, on its users. So I think we want to explore that with Val. We want to see... You know whether there's any kind of permanent damage or or temporary damage remains to be seen. But it it must have affected him in some way. So both these people are, are coming together because at one point in time they were they were very close. They they had a mentor mentee relationship, um, but they're now very different people. So where that I think that just creates for a for a really interesting dynamic and they're just two really powerhouse actors so it's it's going to be very cool to see what 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 happens when we throw them together
1: we obviously saw what happens a month after the events of Brainiac being trapped in the Phantom Zone the rankless being given uh, jobs obviously working as the Sagittarius we saw Kim uh, in the lineup there mm-hmm. and and we see Dev standing by Lida's uh Lyda's side as as General Zod mm-hmm. speaks in the tribunal Lida obviously looks uh, very forlorn and uh, about what has been taking place over the past few weeks. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I think that's correct. And I think Dave he doesn't look too comfortable either. I think um, you know Lida made a decision when 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 Zod and, and Jaina when Drew Zod and, and Jaina were locked in battle, and and we we had set up very early in the season that. A Candorian Kandor- a duel um, means to the death, and and we saw that there's no escaping that. So the stakes were were, were very much set. So, um, you know, she made her decision in that moment. I, it wasn't you know a premeditated one. I, I think she she just went. She acted on instinct, and I, I think in some ways it's it's kind of understandable. She chose to protect her son. I mean, it, it's also. I think I think it'll probably probably one of those decisions that'll be that could kind of divide audiences I think some people will understand it and other people may have felt that you know she after everything her mother did for her that she should have chosen Jaina and that she barely knows her son but I think that you know that's kind of a good thing when when you know both both of those things are probably right but she just acted on on gut instinct in the moment and I think that there's a kind of a bond between her and her son that um, you know it's 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 an intangible thing but it but it exists and 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 it's there and she acted acted on it and now she's kind of I don't think a a second has gone by where she hasn't thought back to that moment and 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 relived that moment and 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 I think she wishes she could do it again and I, I don't know what she would do differently, but I, 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 suspect she wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't have shot a mom. And I think she's very much having doubts about, um, with Zod. And I think when, when we hear that speech and we, and we, we see the, you know, that, that con- conviction, we see the steel in his eyes and, uh, you know, his vehemence, I think, um, I think that's a, a that's a real what have I done kind of moment for, for lighter. Mm. Mm.
2: It's interesting, you know, we, the last time we see Seg, obviously, I, I do want to hear what you have to say about him going into the Phantom Zone. But, but you know, the way that um, he left things with Lyda and with Nyssa and, and with just about every, every character, you know, Adam, you name it, um, all of his relationships uh, were in flux in one way or another. Um, so it'll be really interesting once once you know he he returns and is hopefully reunited with most, if not all, of our heroes, uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see you know what where all of his various relationships uh, go from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know when when it comes to Lyda, I, I think he really felt the sting of that betrayal in episode nine you know, um, lighter, lighter deciding to do, t- to go with Drew and, and to go after doomsday uh, going, you know, against sex. Like he had expressly, he had made it very clear that that was something that was off the table for him. It was a, it was a, you know, just a, um, it was a no deal, but she, she went there anyway. And we, we definitely saw the sting of that betrayal. We saw how hurt he was by that, but then in the next episode, in, in episode 10, there's a, there's a, there's that scene where, um, Lida has the, the skimmer attack has just failed. Lyda's you know, devastated, um, you know, at the, at the loss of life. And she starts talking to Deb about, you know, the, the, the choice she made with her mom. And then we get, she gets that call from Seg and, and when he finds out that she's alive, that look on his face. And I think Cam played that moment so, so beautifully that that relief when he, when he, you know, he knows that candles under attack, you know, light is snuck away from the fortress when, and he's been trying to track it down when he hears her voice, that the look that he gives in that moment, it's that the, you, you see the love there. And, and so I think right there, we know that he has, you know, he has forgiveness in his heart. I think he, He really does understand why she went against him, you know, went against his wishes and sided with her father to to go and get doomsday. He knows who, who lighter is. He knows that she's a Zod and that, you know, he knows that she, that she made that decision because she truly believed it was the the best, the best um, path forward. He, He knows that she didn't make that decision to hurt him but to try and 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 save Krypton, which you know they had, they had the same the same goals, they just had differing ideas on how to achieve those. So I think that he can he can respect that. She's a warrior. Uh, she chose her path. I think he can respect that. I think he can forgive that. So um, yeah, I, I I feel like that that relationship is is salvageable. You know but there's the complication of Nissa and and there's no denying that you know there was a, a growing attraction between them and um you know she she really she she really proved herself to him over, over the course of the season and where he felt let down by by other people along the way whether it was Adam and and then later Lyda, Nissa was the the surprising you know was that was that just kept turning up, you know, the right card and doing the right thing, and and surprising him by, um, by being supportive when he least expected it. So, I think I think he'll be conflicted in his feelings. There's no doubt that he that he loves lighter but he there's a, I think there's also no doubt that he has you know real growing um, feelings for for Nissa as well. Um, I think the big wrinkle amongst all of that is that going into the phantom zone who knows where that will lead and what kind of damage that may do to him and uh and and not even just the phantom zone but he's still he's still kind of he's still dancing with brainiac at, at when we last leave him so uh whether uh, you know how, how he comes out of that and what that does to him i think will also impact all his relationships going forward
1: Obviously, this is an ensemble cast. Everybody is equally important on the show and has done a fantastic job all season. But I would remit, be remiss if we did not end on one of the most important uh, factors from this season. And that is who we left with uh, at the end of the episode, Doomsday. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. Obviously, I, you know we, we talked about uh, earlier uh in the in the season how how Zod described him as as the apex predator that will kill the whoever was in charge and work his way down the food list um things will not bode well for general Zod if that is the case going into season two right
0: that that's very true you know i think when when Zod said that i mean he he's he 's right um but he he was also talking with the benefit of experience he was talking about. Um, the doomsday that that he's familiar with, which was um, a, you know a, a doomsday in a way that had that was more evolved than the one that we're dealing with, um, which is not to say that the, the one we're dealing with isn't going to be a handful because I assure you he will be. and um you know he he's still uh, he, you know referred to correctly as this unkillable rage machine. so, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that that's going to be, a, you know, then probably the, the biggest, um, thorn in, in Zod's side. Um, but the one thing, uh, another thing uh, I think that Zod has up his sleeve that, um, that I think that, you know, nobody else is kind of aware of on, on Krypton, um, except for Jaina, who, who I think Zod believes dead is, um. Zod has knowledge about the power of the yellow sun and that might be the, that might just be the ace in his sleeve when it comes to Doomsday. Um, And it'll be interesting to see what Zod does with that, with that knowledge, you know, Um, he's seen what, what that, you know, he's experienced it. He's seen what it's done obviously for Superman. And while they're not under a a yellow sun there in, in Krypton, um, he speaks in 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 that speech at the end about um, about going out beyond krypton and into other systems and you know um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that high on his list will be targeting a, a planet that has um, a yellow sun
1: what is 2018 or present day uh, like where where adam is from in, in your view what what is that world like i mean we've heard of we know of 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 a green lantern we know of the justice league we know of superman i mean what is it very much uh, is is there a very stylized version of what the present day is like for you guys in the writer's room
0: yeah i think it i think it would be um as we you know we try to to do in 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 the world of of krypton and and what we see there we try to keep it grounded as much as as much as possible it's obviously a you know a kind of high concept heightened world you know it's a genre show but um it, it's it's grounded as much as we can make it in terms of the characters and, and and relationships so i feel like that's probably true of earth and and where adam's from but it is a world where you know, we do have the Justice League, and we do have have superheroes. So, I think it's it, it would be you know it, it would be I'm, I don't know. I guess it would be like our, the world that we live in right now. If if it truly did, if superheroes truly did exist, I think that would be the that would be the world.
1: I hope we uh, I hope we get to see some aspects of that uh, moving forward. Obviously, Adam is in a in a tight space, so we'll, no pun intended. Well, that's
0: yeah. Well, that's the that's the problem is that you know um, Adam kind of really fudged the ball with that and and messed that all messed all of that up but yeah. you know the, the mm. timeline being being changed the way it is. That was the Earth that he left, but when he returns to Detroit, it's obviously very different now. So. Yeah. Um, you know what that Earth looks like is uh, is a much bigger question. I think it's the
1: mm. it's the hell it's the Hell Valley from Back to the Future too. It's uh, it's yeah. vastly different. And and speaking of Back to the Future, we, we've made references to the show all season, but we've talked about how the Cape is kind of our the the McFly siblings photo vanishing. Uh, yeah, you know throughout throughout Back to the Future Part One, but the the Cape reassembling in the finale is and and i'm not even if you weren't here i would not blow smoke up your ass by saying this is one of my favorite visuals from all 80 years of this mythology it was it, the music everything was one of the neatest things seeing that cape come back together in those final seconds before uh seg disappeared was fantastic
0: iconic yeah yeah, it's super cool, and you know, we had that um, that Donna theme, and we were we were kind of um, we, we we didn't want to overplay our hand with it, and we wanted to make sure we used it at, at in, in the right moments, and you know, um, all of that kind of stuff, and and yeah, um, I, I agree. Look, I, I think it's a, an iconic moment. We we set it up very early on. We knew that it that it. Um, it became this this really, really, um, really great touchstone for us, and a and a, and a kind of a, a very simple sort of visual kind of aid to the to the storytelling, and and you know, a, a way to kind of very very easily and quickly establish the stakes, and you know, um, and to up those stakes when need be, just by by a, by a simple shot of seeing how much of the cake was left. It, it kind of let you know. It was a great, you know, um, ticking clock for us. Um, but yeah, went to, to to see it reform, and the moment where Seg sees that and he and he looks back at his grandfather to to say those to say that line about start believing in a better tomorrow. That's a, I mean, that that that's a, that's a really tingly moment for me. And and and, I mean, what you know, what we were sort of hoping to achieve there is. Is um is to kind of capture the the real essence and spirit of 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 Superman, you know that 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 real sense of of hope and um you know um that that felt like a like like a an act of heroism um, befitting Superman, you know.
1: Well, he's he's gone a long way from grifting uh, bar fights in the pilot to to those final seconds looking in his grandfather's eyes, so. You guys uh yeah you guys packed quite a wallop there in the uh, in the final hour which uh, as I said on Twitter the the final hour of the season soared and it truly did you you sir have to get back to work you have to deliver on season two now so we're gonna let you go so you can <laughs> do just that for us <laughs> thank yeah,
0: you yeah well thank you very much no and, uh, again um, thank you to to you and and your listeners for all all the support over the season um, we we really feel uh, you know indebted to you guys we we had such gratitude for all that support and the fact that we we get to do a a season two is it's it's um, made possible by 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 you and your support so uh, thank you sincerely well we
2: have thank uh, you for giving us a superman show that we've all dreamed of for years yes
1: absolutely frank said it perfectly it is it is it has been our dream to see something like this play out and you guys have handled it masterfully so thank you cameron